right, good morning. Oh man, we hope everybody's having a great morning so far. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Absolutely, I, gotta, I did this last week. I gave a lot of credit to all of our volunteers and I gotta give some credit to some of our volunteers this morning. Our parking lot team has been amazing today. Now that first service, I gotta be honest, one of our uh, parking lot um, attendants was out there and he had two umbrellas, right? It's blowing a gale. The water's just rushing in like he's under a waterfall and this big, huge blast of wind comes, turns the umbrella inside out. He's stretching to give the umbrella to, to the lady of the vehicle and he's getting wet, drenched completely. It was just amazing to watch while I stay dry, you know, but uh, to our parking lot team, we appreciate them, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. Man, it's awesome, it's awesome. Hey, listen, we are in our third message of this new series called, well, I guess it's not new anymore, but this message series called, I'm Certain, I Think, right? Have we all ever been in, in that predicament before that we were so certain about something that next thing we know, a little bit of doubt, a little bit of, um, you know, questioning, a little bit of, you know, uncertainty kind of crept in of what you thought you were so certain about, all right? Um, we do this a lot, right? If you're a worrier, you're definitely in this, you, you participate in this one right here. We worry about faith. We worry about family. We worry about our health. And we worry about the future. Now, to me, it doesn't make sense, but I also fall into the same things. I worry about stuff as well, just like you guys do. But I'm also reminded continually throughout scripture that God has given us a promise. And that promise is that God will provide for us. Now, understanding that God's gonna provide for us should eliminate any doubt that we may have and it's affecting our faith. Unfortunately, though, we don't do that, do we? We worry. If I were to ask how many of you are here in warriors, probably three-fourths of, of you guys would probably raise your hand and say you worry. How many of you worried about something this morning before you came in? Probably so. You worried, I hope it stops raining before I walk through the door because I don't want to get my hair wet. Right? right. About, you know, I'm worried about the weather. I got to travel. I'm worried about, you know, I want to go out on the boat. Whatever it is you want to do, we, we tend to worry. And a lot of the things that we really worry about are absolutely insignificant. Do you realize that? We really cause a lot of unnecessary stress in our lives. And the reason we do that is because the very things that we think are important are actually really not that important at all. In fact, unless you've gone through something that has been either life-changing or caused you to step back a minute and do you know, an evaluation of your life, we often, the things that we think are important, God's going, that's not the list that I have. My list of provision, my list of necessity for you is completely different. We've been defining provision. Provision is defined this way. It is the supply of something, especially of food or other necessities. It's a means for getting a need. Now, here's what we do. We have a tendency to say the right things with our mouth, but have doubt in our hearts. For example, we'll say this, nothing is impossible for God. For, and to an extent, we believe that God, what? He keeps the stars in the sky and he keeps the earth on its axis. But 
we're not so sure about his ability to help us when maybe our marriage is crumbling and our careers are failing. You see, I'm certain, I think, this series really is to flip the switch on all of that and to eliminate the I think part and to be structurally sound in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits that we are absolutely certain that God will provide for us. We know because of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, here's what the Bible tells us. It says, His, meaning God, His what? His divine power has given us, somebody say it. Let's do it one more time. Everything. He's given us everything, everything within our social life, financial means, spiritual needs, uh, you know, family um, relationships. He's giving us everything, but we, that we need for what? A godly life. There's where we get the confusion. There, there's where the hang up oftentimes comes. He's given us everything for us to live a godly life through our knowledge of him. How in the world do we, do, do we draw closer to God while we grow in our intimacy with him? Can we help out there for me, please? We grow in our intimacy with him. Now, understand this. Our knowledge of him who has what? Called us by his own glory and goodness. All right, now, one of the reasons I believe that we feel doubt or that we have panic or uncertainty within our lives is that we have not been able to discern what to do with the needs that we think we may have. For example, my kids, I absolutely, love, you know I love being a dad. Do you, are you guys awake, man? Like, like for real here, you're, 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 you're. I thought my 8.30 service was asleep, all right? I love being a dad. There's, it brings complete and absolute chaos into my life, but it also brings a joy that I just can't, you just don't know until you, you, you're in this situation. You know what I'm talking about? But here's my kids, they think they have needs. Here's their need. Daddy, I need my Nintendo Switch charger and I need you to find it now. Here's my response, have you looked for it? Nope, but you're going to. That's how they are, you know? We need it right now. I mean, drop daddy, whatever you're doing, I don't care that you're on the phone talking to one of the church councilmen. That's not important. What's important is that you find my Nintendo Switch charger, all right? How about this? My, my little guy, Caden, who's six, he has an obsession, obsession with sweet tea. Anybody else like sweet tea? He, he takes it a step further. I don't want it cold, daddy. I need you to put it in my cup and then you need to put that in a microwave and get it warm for me. Like seriously. And if I don't, listen, I've done before, maybe, maybe I can get away this time because I'm in a hurry and I'll just give it to him. He'll be like, ah, 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 right here. Right here, this is not warm. You know, who's the boss? Obviously him. All right. See, we, we, we oftentimes, we, we do the same thing when it comes to God. We think we know what the needs are and he's going, listen, that's not even close. The very things that I promised within scripture that I would provide for you are, and are the necessities for your life. One is this, if you receive nothing else at all in your life and you receive Jesus Christ, you've received everything that you will ever, 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 ever need throughout eternity. One of the reasons that we feel this doubt and uncertainty is because we have a hard time, again, like I said, discerning 
what is the need in our lives? So I got a couple things that can help you out with the needs that we go through. Some needs, number one is this, some needs are supposed to teach us. Believe that or not. God allows some of the needs in our lives to happen simply to bring lessons to us. God leaves a need in our life to expand our understanding. Maybe it's so that uh, we, we may have empathy for people who he is wanting for us to minister to, right? Maybe it's, it's that we could, he could teach us to be a better steward. You know, there's nothing like learning financial need when you have to pay your credit card. Absolutely. Train wreck for many people. There's nothing like teaching us that when he allows us to go through. Do you know, sometimes I let my kids, I go, you know, he shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, until he learns not, you know, and goes through the pain of it, he'll never truly learn. And as a father, sometimes I allow my own kids to go through things. Why? So they can be taught. I believe God does the same with us. Some of our needs are supposed to move us. In other words, God is turning his provision off to get us to move in a direction that we have allowed disconnect to come into. Like for instance, how about this current friends? Sometimes God allows those friendships to be severed either permanently or for a season because he's trying to get you connected back in to what his purpose, plan, and will is for your life. It's very difficult for us to understand that and to comprehend that, all right? How about um, God allows us to go through uh, a lack of pace in our lives? What do I mean by that? I mean, everything's going hectic. Everything's going crazy. I gotta be here, I gotta be there, I gotta be at this time. I gotta be at three places at once. Has your life ever been there? Sometimes God allows that to happen so that why we scale back and realize I need to spend less time on everything else and more time with him. Sometimes our needs are really wants. Watch this, I love these. I, I love sitting back thinking on this stuff, right? You need rest. Here's how you think you're gonna get rest. I need a 14 day all expense paid trip to the Caribbean. When God just says, I just need you to spend time in the backyard with your family. Think about it. How about this? I, I, I love this one, I need shelter. So you're instantly, you're, you're thinking in your mind, I need a big farmhouse like I see on HGTV. When God says, I have given you everything that you already need, you need to learn to appreciate the things that are already in your care. God promises through his Bible to meet, our, to meet our needs. But if our expectation is that we are to gain our wants and not to align ourselves with God's desire is for our lives, then we become extremely frustrated with God. That just, that just doesn't even make sense, does it? Now, here's another one. All our needs, all needs are supposed to prove God can provide for us. Do you know what we do a lot of times when we read the Bible? We read it like a fairy tale. That's not the purpose of it. Reading the Bible is to simply do to this, activate our faith. We see all throughout scripture, men and women that God used. And the only way he was able to use them was because their faith was activated in one way or another. Reading the Bible is a reminder that God is capable of meeting the need and the provision within your life. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a look in 2 Kings chapter four. And I wanna read this story with you. I've preached on this before. 
I like to go back to this story many times and I always seem to be able to pull out a different truth. But just bear with me as we go through this. Let's read the scripture. 2 Kings 4, uh, starting at verse one, it says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Verse three, Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is, no, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Now, in this story, I believe there's four things that we need to do when we are in need. Number one is this, bring your need to God. That sounds very simple, doesn't it? That's the obvious to us. But let's think about this lady in this story. All right. Chances are this struggle has been going on, this lack in her life, this need of provision to be met has been going on for a period of time. Chances are what she did was, was look to her sons or look to her family to say, listen, how can we um, fix this? How, how can this be remedied? And then going from one to the next to the next of what she thought would be a solution, she probably continued to run into roadblocks and she ran into difficulties and her answers weren't there. She probably called friends or, or got up with her friends and trying to figure all of this out and nothing was bringing a resolution until she then goes to the prophet looking for an answer from God, which is the very thing that she should have done at first. Now, we can look at that and go, well, why didn't she do that? Well, let me help you out. Why haven't you? We are that woman. We have provision. We have need. We have things that we need God and only that only God can answer and provide in our lives. But what we do is we try to bring our own fix into it. Let me help you out. The moment we get involved and we let man get involved, we're taking the power away from God to do what he wants to do. We're saying, Lord, you don't have the ability, but we do. Do you realize that God created us? He says, in fact, that he created us in his own image, in his likeness. So therefore, being children of God, we should be fully reliant upon him and less reliant upon ourselves. Understanding that God is the one who takes care. James 1 and 17 says it, says it this way. Every good and perfect gift is from where? Above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights. You know, a gift may travel through people, but it comes from God. God uses people, God uses jobs, God uses ideas, but all of these things are simply resources. The source of everything is from God alone. You can appreciate the resource, but we must put our trust in the source and that trust is in God. You see, the resources are limited, 
but the source is not limited. Secondly, be grateful for what you have. We have a hard time with that one, I think. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. I love this. Read this scripture with me. It says what? Rejoice when? Always. That's when things are going great. That's when things are, when the struggle is real. That's when you see sunny skies, blue skies, birds chirping. That's when you see storms. That's when you're in the, on the mountaintop or you're in the valley. What does it say? Rejoice always. All right, let's go on to the next one. 17. Pray what? Don't cease. Don't stop. But we have a responsibility to pray continually. You know, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll say, man, I'm going through it. I need to pray. You needed to pray even before you went through it. You need to be in constant communication with God. It's like me and my wife. If we're not communicating, the relationship's not building. How can we know what God's uh, provision for our life is, how he wants to meet the provision is by us drawing closer to him, Amen. getting to know him, growing into that, into that intimacy with him. My wife and I, our relationship grows. Why? Because we communicate. She knows what I like. I know what she likes. She knows what I don't like. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out what she don't like. You know what I'm saying? It's just a continual process. That's a joke. You can laugh. All right. All right. Listen to this. After her plea, the first thing the prophet asks is this. What do you already have? The lady probably looked at him and like almost as if to say, are you serious? I told you I'm broke. I've got need. I have nothing except a small jar. Nothing except. To me, this entire phrase is compelling because it points out how easy it is for us to look at the negative rather than looking at the source. I have nothing. Watch this. Have you ever said this before? Ladies, especially, right? I have nothing to wear. There's absolutely nothing in my closet for me to wear. If we looked at your closet, you could probably, what, clothe your entire street. You've been there, right? How about this? This happens in our house all the time, right? There's nothing here to eat. You open the, there's not, the kids, are you going shopping anytime soon? Can you do an order online, dad, mom? You know, they're looking, no, you look, if I went to your house and I opened up your cabinets, there'd be plenty to eat. It's just not the bad stuff that you want to indulge in. All right. Why am I saying this? Because there's plenty there. We all have in our lives. You are not lacking. You have. And, but we are so focused on what we don't have that we completely ignore what is right in front of us. I believe this. A lack of gratitude will keep you in lack. The more you are dissatisfied and the more that you are unappreciative and you're ignoring what God has given you, the more you're just gonna to continue to want and think that you don't have, all right? How about that? I know this can be tough. You know, 2020 has been a hard year, hasn't it? I love seeing the memes on, on uh, social media when people do things on 2020. And then I step back and I'm like, but man, that's true. <laughs> Sometimes we just run right into a brick wall, you know? 
life being interrupted, all this stuff. Let me, let me throw you a couple of truths out to you. A job, it may not be your dream job, but you have one and God is developing you through it. How about your family? Most of the people in your family are crazy. Let's be honest. And if you think that, it's because you're the crazy one, right? But most of them are crazy. But God is expanding your capacity to love through them, right? Some of you, man, you haven't spent so much time with your spouse in a long time. And you're, you're listen, I'm not going there. All right. A house. It may lack the latest updates, but yet God's spirit has made it a place of peace for you. Here's one. How about your health? You may have a few aches and pains, but God filled your lungs with breath and you are still sitting here now. Amen. Absolutely. Now, some of you could be like, well, pastor, look, I don't have a job. I am. My family is a mess. I don't have a house and my health is deteriorating. Let me help you out. If you never receive anything other than Jesus Christ, you've received anything and everything that you could ever hope for. You have an eternity that is filled with a magnificent, bright future that no one will absolutely be able to take away. Now, this woman's jar was empty and dry, kind of like our souls. The emptiness made uh, her a slave, kind of how sin enslaves us. Her solution came from her son's going into the village, doing a work that she could not do, then locking themselves behind a door only to emerge with a way to pay off the debt. Our solution comes from God, sending his only son to earth. Jesus doing a work that we could not in living a sinful life, him living a sinless life, be able to accomplish. Then he locks himself in a grave behind a stone only to emerge with an eternal debt paid in full. Again, if you have nothing else, you must and we as Christ followers need to be grateful that we have Jesus Christ in our lives. Now, the third thing is this. We need to put our faith or put your faith to work. Let's look in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. It says this, but remember who? The Lord, your God. For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. All this woman had was a small jar of oil, but faith instructed her to get more jars. Most people want God to provide before they put their faith to work. For instance, have you ever heard anybody say, well, if God would do this, I will do that. You've probably been there. You know, you've, you've, if, God, if God will just get me out of this situation, I'll serve him the rest of my life. Well, maybe you should serve him first, right? You know, uh, you know, you know if, if, if God will help me out on this, I'll never miss a church service again. You're a liar too, because you're going to miss. <laughs> Are you following me here? We, we say things like that. We, we, we want God to produce before we put in the work. Let me read a story to you. An older pastor shared a story of taking a church in Arizona. At his former church, 
They had always had a big Christmas play with music, dancers, costumes, live animals. But his new church, at his new church, he had very little money, very little talent, and no animals. Yet he felt the Holy Spirit nudging him to use what he had. So they made costumes, they trained actors, they found a few quality voices, and it started to come together. One day, the pastor found himself on a walk and he was complaining to God about having no animals. He said, God, we don't even have a few sheep for the manger. Immediately, he saw a dog walker coming down the street with three uncut white full-sized poodles. He heard the Holy Spirit say, they look like sheep to me. <laughs> he talked to the owner and they agreed to let the dogs pose as sheep in the play. The night of the performance came and everything went perfectly. The singers sang wonderfully, the actors didn't miss a line and the sheep passed the test until the last song as they raised Jesus onto the cross and they barked. But that night, people chose to follow Jesus. And today that church numbers in the thousands and making a difference within their community because that pastor worked with what he had. If we, you and I will put in the work, God will pour in his provision. But it takes us doing our part as well. Lastly, the fourth thing is this, we need to do this. Expect God to provide. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16 says, let us then what? Approach God's throne of grace with confidence. That means I'm not approaching with the sense of I think, I'm approaching with the sense I'm certain that I have a boldness, that we have a boldness about us. Why? So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, this woman's expectation was measured in jars. Had she shown up with two jars, they would have been filled by God. Had she showed up with 200 jars, they would have also been filled by God. What is your expectation? Are you coming before God boldly and confidently knowing that God, it's not the wish list, understand that. It's not the want, it's the provision. Father, meet the provision in my family. Meet the provision in my personal life. Meet the, see, we wanna hear the prosperity gospel. I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna bring that to you. I don't believe in that message. I believe that God provides according to his plan, his purpose, and his will. In whatever way he wants to prosper, that's fine. That's what he wants to do in your life. Take it and receive it. But understand this. He promises in scripture that he will what? Bring provision to our lives. Listen, 2020 has been a tough year. It's been very difficult. It's had many uncertainties, many mountain and valley moments and everything in between. But you know what? As that woman, there's 138 days left in this year or 138 jars yet that God can fill in your life. We need not to look at the circumstances, but we need to look at the source and the source is God alone. I'm gonna read this to you. It's a great example by George Mueller. He lived in England in the 1800s and he was saved from a life of violence and alcohol as a teen. He was gripped by the gospel message and 
decided to go to missionary school. His father disapproved of this and he refused to pay. So in desperation, George got down on his knees and he asked God to provide. To his surprise, an hour later, a professor knocked on his door and offered George a paid tutoring job. Now, most of us in that moment, we'd be like, God, no, I'm not working for it. God, you just provide for it. To his surprise, that was offered to him. This launched George into a life of expectation. After graduation, he was hired by a small failing church. The church wanted to pay him a salary, but they couldn't. Listen, they tried to rent the pews to rich church members who sat at the front of the church and the poor members had to sit at the back. But George did not like that. He stopped that so that everyone could feel welcome. He declined the salary and he said God would meet his needs. George and his family never missed a meal, a bill or rent. Later on, God put the orphans of the city on George's heart. He began to pray and a building was donated. They opened the orphanage and hundreds were admitted. With so many needs and such a limited budget, George made it a practice to pray daily and miraculously buildings, employees' salaries, furniture, clothing, and food were donated. Often things would get quite dire. For example, one morning the house mother informed George, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food for them to eat. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food and he waited. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning and I got up and baked three batches for you. Soon, there was another knock at the door. It was a milkman. His cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage. The milk would have spoiled by the time the wheel was fixed. So he asked George if he could donate the milk. George smiled at the milkman and he brought in the large cans of milk and it was just enough to give to the 300 thirsty children. Over the years, more than 10,000 children lived in George's orphanage. When, the when each child became old enough to live on their own, George would pray with them. He put a Bible in their right hand and a coin in their left. And he said this, if you hold on to what is in your right hand, God will make sure you always have what you need in your life. Will you stand with me this morning? We serve a God who provides. We serve a God who is faithful within his promises. And God has promised that he will provide in your life. Sometimes that provision looks like exactly what we think and other times it's completely different. Regardless, we must trust the hand of God and how he is leading and guiding us in our lives. Regardless of the trials and the tribulations, the problems, the, the decision-making that may be uh, laid before us, we must trust that God has the best intention, the greatest intention, and is absolutely perfect in all the decision-making for your life. All He expects from us is say, Lord, yes, I'll follow you. I will go according to your leading. I, I, I want to be about your purpose. And Lord, I want to be about your plan. And Father, I want to be about your 
will. And how do we do that? It sounds way more difficult than what it really is, but the first thing we must do is this, accept His Son, Jesus Christ, as the Lord of our lives. Because God gave the greatest gift, His only begotten Son. Have you accepted Him? You who are here in this service, those of you who are in our online campus, those who are watching or, or listening through the radio, have you accepted this Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'd invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. And if you feel that Holy, the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you've not made a decision and you realize, you know what, today's the day all of that can change. My future can change. God's provision can become a reality within my life. Then this moment was set aside for you to make the greatest decision that you could ever make. I'm inviting you to repeat this prayer after me. And in fact, I'm inviting our whole church this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I am a sinner. And I accept you, Lord, this day as my master and my savior. Forgive me of all of my sin and I repent of my lifestyle. Lead me, Lord, into your perfect plan, purpose, and will for my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. I, I said this Wednesday, and I know I'm going over, but I said this Wednesday in our Wednesday Bible study, I said, you know what? We see in the early church that, man, those believers were excited. They were excited when others came to the knowledge and, and into the relationship with Jesus Christ. Never lose that zeal when people accept Christ because that is the greatest win you will ever have in your life. Now. Here we are, we've heard a, a message through the scriptures of how great that God can provide. My desire and what I believe is God's desire is to take us from I think to I'm certain. We need to have an expectation that God is going to meet those needs. He promised it. His word is full of truth. In 2 Peter 1 and 3, we've read that, that what? He's there, to, he's gonna give us what? Everything that we need in order to live a godly life. Understand that, a godly life. You know, we, we, can, we can look at our circumstances around us and, and, and see the lack of at least what we think is lack in our lives. And God is saying, I've, I'm gonna provide. Stop focusing on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. And then let me take care of the rest. Let me take care of the rest. You know, I remember as a child, I never, I never worried about whether I had shelter, never worried about whether I had food, never worried about whether where we were going because I knew my parents had it all under control. Your heavenly father has it all under control. Place your trust and your faith in him. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. God, your word today has spoken to our hearts and our minds and our spirits. May we leave here, Lord, encouraged, also disciplined and feeling your unconditional love, God. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you have done for our lives, for being that ultimate sacrifice, paying a debt, Lord, that we could never afford to pay. 
Father, we love you. Help us to be reminded continually that you are the God of provision, that you provide the needs and the necessities within our lives, God, that you've equipped us, Lord, to be a part of the equation with you. Help us never to forget that. Father, in all things, God, we will glorify you and we will praise your holy name. And Lord, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We love you guys. Have a great week.